0: Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast, I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Mark McDougall. On the pod, Kyle Lafferty misses Sunday's clash with Hamilton after Northern Ireland invoked the five-day rule that prevents players who have pulled out of international squads playing with their clubs. We assess the fallout. Online streaming service 11 Sports are said to have joined the bidding for the SPFL TV rights and we look at what this means for fans. And we reflect on the Paul Gascoigne Hall of Fame debacle and give our favourite, Gaza Memories. So, where else to start, Mark, but our regular new feature, which is Moments of the Week. What was yours? Uh, I'll go the
1: ticket fiasco with Aberdeen. I think the whole thing's just been a bit of an embarrassment for Scottish
0: football again. Ridiculous. OK, my Moment of the Week is uh, Eros Grejda. Playing for Albania, I know, that was not bad, wasn't it? Eros Grejda. I've been working on that. Um, (laughs) Playing as a striker for his country Albania in their 2-0 loss to Israel. Obviously part of Scotland's group. I thought it was uh, interesting that he was played, uh, from what I'm told, and watched the game up front. And he lasted a full 90 minutes. And I think Rangers fans everywhere will be looking at this guy and thinking, here's someone that can come in and make a genuine difference for us in the final third Rangers have lacked a little bit spark in there at times this season, especially against a low-block defence where they're having to break down a team that is very, very stubborn. And maybe this guy Grezda, who's come in with a big reputation from Osijek as being the main player, and we've seen Barisic as a good player, so if, if Grezda was the main man, then he must have something. And how this... Then plays into the idea of the Scottish Cup semi that we've already, uh, uh, sorry, the um, Cup semi that we've already discussed, where Rangers are missing a striker given that Lafferty and Morelos are unavailable. So will Gragido come in and play as a central striker? It looks to me like that's the most obvious option. Uh, it seems that uh, there's no chance of Umar Sadiq playing, so no. Grejda, it seems is Stevie Gerrard's best option for that game at the moment.
1: Yeah, I would say it's between three. You've got Gresda, Ryan Kent and Glenn Middleton. I don't think Glenn Middleton will play purely because of his experience. So then you've got a choice between Kent and Gresda and the two of them can sort of just interchange quite a lot. I don't think you'll see Candace interchanging into the middle as much as you would Gresda and Kent. So I think, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if you see a front three of Gresda with Candace and Kent either side and then
0: just interchanging as it goes on. And see how it goes. Uh, I think the problem with putting Kent in the middle is that he's done so well in the last few games, White, that and he gives you so much cutting insight um, that potentially if you move him right into the centre, not only does he not have that physical presence, like Gresz, I think is over six foot, um, you will lose a little bit in terms of what he gives you on the wings. But certainly, it's going to be an interesting one, and we'll keep you posted on that. So, the first point on our agenda today is Kyle Lafferty missing this the game against Hamilton on Sunday due to the invoking of a 5-day rule that prevents players who have pulled out of international squads playing for their clubs. Mark, you feel quite strongly about this. What's your take on events? I just think it's ridiculous that any FA can decide
1: if a player is going to play for his club who pays his wages every week. Uh, Rangers pay Kael a good wage, I'm sure. Uh I don't know the ins and outs of his injury whether he was injured, whether he wasn't and just wanted a rest but at the end of the day Rangers pay his wages and if he's fit and available he should be able to play for Rangers Uh, I don't think it's right that Northern Ireland or the Irish FA can complain to FIFA say he pulled out of our squad he can't play it just seems very I don't know it just doesn't seem right it doesn't sit well with me that FA's can do this Uh, it's clearly something that's not used very much in the current day because at the end of the day players and clubs have much more power than FAs uh, the international team sorry um, it, it just sums up that's why club fans don't really like international football for me is that players go away get injured end up missing games for the club this time he's obviously picked up a knock or he's struggling with something decided he's not fit to play for Northern Ireland's two games and Lafty's somebody who loves playing for Northern Ireland it's not something that he would have Taken lightly, he wouldn't have made that decision without having an injury, uh, and I don't think anyway. Uh, so it just seems completely bizarre that Northern Ireland would do this. I mean, they're essentially—I mean, I don't see any way back for Kellel after to Northern Ireland after this. They're stopping him play for his club. Why would he then come out of whatever retirement if if that's what he's
0: done now? Well, I believe that um, obviously discussions are ongoing between uh, Lafferty and the association. Presumably that would be uh, with the manager himself, Michael O'Neill. But does this more generally speak to a bigger issue with international teams in general now in a world where the Champions League is just so much money involved in it, where the the Premier League is an all-encompassing financial juggernaut, um, and you have players who are owned by clubs being borrowed by their international uh, federations. Yeah. It seems it seems like a sort of bizarre situation where you have a team, a club like Juventus, for example, have paid a hundred million for Cristiano Ronaldo and God knows how much in wages, and then they pay all that money and then they loan him for free to mm-hmm. Portugal to use his IP, which is inter- his intellectual property, which is extremely valuable. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just this. The whole thing is crazy you
1: now. I just don't understand. If this comes into it. I mean, players are playing. Uh, players are paid a lot of money by their clubs, and then they go away in international national duty, get injured. For example, look at Scott Arfield. He picked up a hamstring knock in training. He could end up missing Sunday's game. I mean, Canada did the right thing. They didn't play him because they didn't need to. They said that it was a precaution, sent him for scan and stuff, but he could essentially miss. If it's a hamstring injury and it's a bad one, then he's out for a few weeks at least. That's missing a huge game against Hamilton when Rangers haven't won away from home. Uh, it's got a League Cup semi-final against Aberdeen. Some big games in there. And Scott Arfield can miss them because of a game against some Caribbean island for Canada. It's just it's just crazy.
0: As you were saying with regards to Kyle and his future, that there there is the potential, obviously, that he could say, well, you know what? Michael, thanks but no thanks uh, I'm going to walk out And in that case, if he did walk out in his country And say that he was going to be retiring from international football Then that five day rule Doesn't hold, so he could play against Hamilton But you're asking a hell yeah. of a lot To say to the boy at 30 When he probably feels like I've got a few years left In the tank yeah, um, exactly. I mean he paid such a big part in them getting to Euro 2016 as well and doing so
1: well At that tournament, doing so well And getting to the playoffs of the World Cup Or for the World Cup and no, so it just seems that... I mean, I'm sure Lafty isn't blameless in all this. He didn't probably didn't handle it the right way, phoning up at midnight the night before he was due to join up and all the rest of it. But I think there has to be a bit of leeway given by Northern Ireland as well. To be fair, he was in a nightclub at the time. <laughs> that's a joke, that's a joke. I will i will have to sue you <laughs> for that one. Uh, but no, it, it, his attitude might not have been perfect in this, but I just think Northern Ireland are completely bang out of order. By
0: stopping and playing for his cup, club, yeah. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye on how that uh, progresses because um, it's obviously a big factor for a lot of Rangers fans. Rangers have a lot of fans in Northern Ireland who will be uh, annoyed that, that this has happened because they support Northern Ireland, but at the same time they'll want to see Kyle Lafferty playing as often as he can for Rangers. How big a miss will he be against Livingston against their uh, Hamilton because they are. Like Livingston, a physical side who yeah. love a battle and Kyle Lafferty is a player that can stand up to that. And first I don't think he'll be too much of a miss this weekend. I don't think he would have
1: started for start. I think that Gerrard has realised that his 4-4-2 experiment that he played against Livingston didn't work. Morellis is fit and available. He's got to be first choice. He's not got a fear of missing the semi-final because he's already out. So there's no reason not to play Morellis in this game. and uh, So yeah, Lafferty would be coming off the bench... So I don't think he'd be too much of a miss for this game. I just think that the way the whole thing's been handled has been ridiculous. Uh, but again, you don't know Morales could pick up an injury in the first five minutes of Sunday's game and then Rangers are left with no striker again because their Mercedes clearly isn't good enough. So what do they do then for the, for the next 90 minutes?
0: Well, I wonder if that was why Stephen Gerrard was at Tynecastle to watch uh, the under-21s of Scotland face the under-21s of England. Obviously, the natural inclination is to look at Dominic Solanke, who he was heavily linked with in the summer. Do Rangers need to go out and spend money in this January transfer window that's coming up to get another striker in? My concern with it is you've got a 22-year-old striker in Morelos who will only get better with game time, and he's doing fantastically well, obviously, and you've got the experienced guy... Kyle Lafferty there, who also will want to play a certain amount of games that are befitting his international caps and his experience in the game. You bring another person in, how do you rotate uh, three into one spot if Gerard is going to stick with this uh, one man up front?
1: Yeah, that's the way I see it. I, I think the only way Rangers will go out and spend money on a striker is if a friend Morales leaves in January, if somebody comes in with a big bid that's too big to turn down. Uh, I don't see any reason to go out and spend money on a striker. I mean, they could get somebody else on loan if Sadiq, if his loan contract is ripped up, send him back to Roma, go and get somebody else in. But even then, somebody that comes in on loan is isn't going to play that much either. Uh, It would almost be worth just bringing Ryan Hardy back from his loan deal at Livingston, having him as the third choice. Because he's not been playing much. He's not been playing. He's been injured for quite a lot. I don't think he's actually been fully fit since he went to Livingston again. Uh, So yeah, bring him back, stick him on the bench now and again. I mean, I don't see much of a future for him at Rangers, given that he's, what, 21, 22 now? He's about the same age as Morelos and has nowhere near the experience that uh, Morelos has. Uh, he's only got six months left on his contract. Just bring him back, keep him there, keep him fit in case he's needed, but just let him know
0: it's you're, the last six months at the club. You're not certain that there's enough quality in Ryan Hardy to... to, to see him becoming a first team regular at Rangers or even a, no, a, a, I th- a
1: squad player I think he's got quality I just think that similar to the Liam Kelly situation he needs to go out and play games at this age He's, I mean, he's, like I said he's 21, 22 something like that he's not played a huge amount of first team football uh, he's got a lot of work to do in his game obviously he needs to get a bit bigger and stronger and his finishing you can't question his finishing he's, I think he even showed that I think it was his first or second game for Rangers when he scored the double at Dumbarton the, the two finishes were unbelievably good. Uh, but he's just not kicked
0: on from there. He needs game time. He needs to play every week. So It's interesting because he was considered such an incredible talent at that point. I think he was only 17 or 18. And I remember speaking to the former SFA performance director, Mark Votta, about him at the time. And he said he thought he was the, the most talented striker that Scotland had in their youth setup up And had, they had during his time yeah. I, I, in Scotland because he thought... Here's a guy, and he said this to me, here's a guy that if he goes out and gets game time, he will get goals.
1: Yeah, that's it. And that is the problem, though. He didn't go out and get game time. He was kept at the club. I mean, I think Lovestland might have been the first time he'd went out alone last season. He might have been out before that. I can't remember, but uh, he didn't play an awful lot before that. I Uh, think he went out to Wraith, obviously. Wraith and and St. Morne he went to, didn't he, as well? I forgot about the two of them, but he never really...
0: So he's had three. Yeah, but But (laughs) regardless,
1: anyway... But the first spell at Wraith, he did. He played a lot and scored goals, but. St. Marnie didn't play much. I remember that now that you brought it back to me. He only played a few games. Yeah. And then it was the same again at Wraith. Because it was Alec Ray that
0: took him there to yeah. St.
1: Mirren and then he didn't really play after Alec Ray left. Yeah. And then when he went back to Wraith, they were in the relegation battle. He was struggling. Yeah. Then he went to Lobbystone and kicked on. But yeah, it's just one that he needs to go out and play games. A good thing to, would be if Rangers got with an another year's contract then, we're like, right go to Livingston and say you can have them but we want a buyback clause, something like that Yeah, in this
0: contract OK, uh, well moving on to 11 sports, Mark um, they are rumoured, they are said to be interested in picking up the SPFL rights uh, which are up uh, in the coming seasons Um is this something that you think would be good for Scottish football? Uh, I look at it at the moment and I pay my subscription for um, BT and then when I want to watch a game on Sky, which is rare, um, I'll pay the 7 nine nine to watch a game uh, via Now TV, rather than have subscriptions for both, because my wife said, no more, <laughs> you're spending too much on this. Um, and I think that'll be probably the case for a lot of people. It is a lot of money on a monthly basis when you've got mortgages and kids and all, all the other things in life that it throws at you. Do you think that it's time for these rights to go together? and become part of uh, of one package for a broadcaster and maybe 11 sports are the the ideal partner for that
1: i do think it needs to go to one channel uh, but my my preferred channel would be BT just keep it on BT they do it well they know what they're doing they've got good pundits 11 sports i like the idea of it but so many people like the older generations they're not going to be able to see these games if most of them don't that's very ageist, but they don't know how to work the work laptops and stuff. I know this from all the older people in my own family that they just wouldn't know how to access the games. Uh, I just, I just don't even on like, an app, you know, like yeah. an
0: iPad app. No, I, I can't
1: see why they would go for it, and I, I do get the benefits of it. You're probably able to reach more people through an app and all the rest of it. Well,
0: that was my argument. I was talking about this on Twitter today, and I feel like. Well, you need to have a Skybox to get Sky Sports or yeah. or a Virgin box. I know that you can get it through Virgin yeah. and whatnot, but that, that's the only way you can get it. Yeah. Now, um, there's a lot more people that have a laptop and the internet than have that. Yeah, I just think it, it's much easier
1: for people who maybe aren't very computer literate and all the rest of it to work a TV, work a Skybox or anything than it is to mm. go onto these things, sign up... <laughs> Get your internet all sorted. you know how bad an internet can be? You can a bit of wind, and you're all of a sudden unable to watch your game.
0: Yeah, Your thoughts are quite strong, <laughs> then, <weren't>? one. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, absolutely. I take that on board, and I think that um, you know, for, for the older generation, it would be more difficult, and there's no, there's absolutely no doubt about that. However, I can also see the benefits of paying your your one-off subscription. I mean, at the moment, Eleven Sports is—I think it's fifty-nine ninety-nine for the year. Yeah, I can see
1: the I can see the benefits of it, and I do think going into the future that is more likely it's going to happen. I just think it's maybe a bit too soon now to bring it in. I think you maybe need to say, look after
0: this next TV deal. We're going to do this, get used to it. Is it perhaps as well that the key in any negotiation is to have. More The more people that you have wanting your product, the better the chances are of you getting a, a really good deal for it. Yeah. So to have a sports, at the, even at the table, just does give them an extra incentive to ramp that deal up. Because yeah, I, they can say to BT and Sky, listen, you know we've got multiple people that are interested in this, so you're going to have to think long and hard in terms of the offer, because we're not accepting just any old rubbish that we have in the past.
1: Yeah, I think even if the SPFL don't really intend on going with 11 Sports or any other streaming service. They should be going straight to 11 Sports, Facebook, Amazon, all these companies that are wanting to get into sports broadcasting and just sports streaming, whatever you want to call it. Just go to them, say how much you want to pay for us, then go back to BT and Sky and say, look, we'll go to these if if you're not going to give us the same money. It's the only way to increase the money in the game. And I think... Scottish Football deserves more money in its game right now. You've got big names, you've got good football, it's entertaining. The fans are decent, the crowds are decent at games. I mean, I know it can be frustrating when you're watching a game at McDermott Park and there's 40 fans and stuff like that. But if you look at the stadiums in general, they are quite full and it's something that the SBFL need to sell better.
0: Do you think need to look at this... Um cap that they have on games at Ibrox and Parkhead no, so, so for example we've got Hibs against uh, Celtic well, Celtic against Hibbs because it's at Parkhead yeah, uh, on Saturday, that's yeah. undoubtedly the game of, of the week um, but the, t- the TV cameras are at Hamilton for Hamilton Rangers, now we're a Rangers podcast so we're delighted with that but I think most neutrals would say well Hibs visit in Celtic that's the game of the week just like the week before the Celtic game against St Johnson was on the telly And the game of the week was undoubtedly Rangers against Hearts. So, is that something they need to look at? Because we are missing a lot of high-value premium games because we can only go to—I think it's only four times you can visit Ibrox or Parkhead.
1: Yeah, I I do think it's looked looked at, but at the same time, Rangers and Celtic don't want more than that at at Ibrox and Parkhead. I mean, they're going to see it as if you're moving games to twelve thirty every week, fans aren't going to turn up. they are going to sit and watch it in the house, sit and watch it in the pub. So I can see why the clubs don't want it, but as a way of selling the game, it definitely needs looked at to have more games. Maybe not in case that every single game is either iBooks or Packhead mm. on the t- on the TV, but it needs looked at to be more than four. I mean, then you've got it's essentially two old farm games at each stadium, yes, and a title winning game or a huge, another huge game. That's that's the games that are
0: picked. Yeah, America. they used to always say that the the flag reason game was one game that would be used and then the, the last two games were always kept for the potential title winning game
1: yeah and it, it just doesn't doesn't make any sense that it's only four games you want to sell you sell your product so you get the biggest stadiums the most full stadiums and just
0: get them on the TV to, so fans can see it do you think it would affect attendances
1: because
0: uh, at the moment Rangers I don't think it would at all No, because I, don't I think <laughs> that there's more people wanting tickets than perhaps there is um
1: Yeah, I don't think it would necessarily affect it right away, but I think over time it would. I think over time fans, it's like you look at a mid-December, it's freezing cold, like, you know what, I'll just watch this
0: on TV instead of going to the game. Okay, so the example I would use for that was um, a mid-December game under Warbutton when Rangers played Hibs, it was 4-2 and that game wasn't on the telly. I know it was a championship game, so it was different, but um, there was a game where Rangers probably could have sold 70,000 tickets for that game. I think when it's Hibs, Harts, um Aberdeen, Celtic. These are games I think Rangers are going to sell out anyway, oh, personally.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. But at the same time, you then have games against like, like said, Dundee, St Johnston, Hamilton, that people just expect Rangers to win. So uh, is it really worth going to the game but, to but sit freezing cold?
0: W- would the TV pick games against Hamilton if, at if, Ibrox? If or TV
1: or, could pick to get into Ibrox and Parkhead every week, they would. There's yeah, but
0: I think the argument would be that it would be another, say, another four games. Yeah. So, so that is, it's just the elite, the premium games. Yeah. So that
1: would be a good move. That's the move that should be done. But yeah. you know what? The way things are handled in Scottish football, it'll either be they'll cut them out of
0: games, or they'll make it all the games. There's no one between. Well, it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think on social media about whether or not uh, loving sports and receiving the games through your laptop would exclude potential customers, or if it would be. Uh, better than it currently is at the moment. Uh, Now we're going to reflect on the Paul Gascoigne Hall of Fame debacle of the last week. We've not discussed it on the podcast, Uh, although um, it obviously happened a few days ago now. We thought we would just have a quick uh, reprise of the situation. So Paul Gascoigne was uh, asked to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. This was announced and there was a bit of a stushy about this among certain quarters due to uh, some incidents in uh, Gaza's personal life. Uh, it was allowed to be made known that certain uh, board members at the SFA would not be attending the dinner in protest. And at that point, the board of the or the committee that's in charge of this process uh, decided to remove the nomination from Gascoigne, which resulted in obviously and understandably a lot of uh, anger um, given uh, Gaza's mental health and um, the issues that he's been having and whether or not this would exacerbate them, this going through this process of having such a prestigious award offered to him and then having it snatched away. What did you make of it Mark?
1: I just thought it was handled terribly Whatever way you lean Whether you think you should have been in the Hall of Fame Whether you think you shouldn't be It's almost just,
0: irrelevant isn't it whether yeah. you should, you think he, I mean, I've seen some journalists say He wasn't good enough for long enough To be in the Hall of Fame Now I personally think that's utterly ridiculous But I think they're entitled to their views um, I've seen people say That he shouldn't be allowed in the Hall of Fame Because of his personal life Um, I disagree, and and I think that's a reasonable argument. But I, I, I disagree because I think it's based on what you do on the pitch. And I think if we start going down that route of becoming the moral arbiter of what people do in their personal life as footballers, it could get very murky, and people are already in there who I think wouldn't necessarily pass that test. But all of that is kind of not the debate anymore. The debate here is, how can you treat someone like this? If you decide to offer them the opportunity to take part in this, you can't you can't take it away and bow to pressure like that, can yeah, you?
1: Yeah, th- that's it for me. Just the way it's been handled is terrible. They should have... I mean, I'm sure they would have known that there's going to be a bit of uproar if they decide to induct Paul Gascoigne. But then to take it away, and the statement was just ridiculous. I mean, to bring up his health issues and stuff in the statement is just it's just ridiculous the way they've done it. And uh, how can you just have Mental Health Week and then discuss Gaza's health issues as a reason why he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, the stuff that happened in his personal life with his wife and all the rest of it, it's disgusting. He deserves to be criticised for all that, but this is a football Hall of Fame. It's about what he'd done on the pitch and that is the most important thing for this committee to decide. Did he do enough on the pitch and... I don't see how you can
0: say he didn't. And that's even in their criteria, if you go onto their website. It's, it is absolutely about what's done on the pitch. It's not about leadership or off the pitch, being a role model or anything like that, as ridiculous as that sounds. Um, so, I mean, the other thing with regards to the statement, and I know you've touched on it, but the other element in the statement was the fact that there's a live case pending against Gaza, which was publicised at, the, at, the, at some sometime in August. And what I find frustrating about that, again, that's a valid argument. Yeah. Why not to induct Paul Gascoigne into the Hall of Fame at this time? You might disagree with it or you might agree with it. It's a valid argument. The problem is that this happened three weeks before they announced yeah. that they were going to induct him. And it was heavily publicised. It was in all the papers. So you have to ask yourself, that how can they use that as an excuse now when they knew at the time when they were going to induct them, it seems to me that they've just bowed under the pressure that they were under. And I think, honestly, that, that the members of the SFA board that were privately going around and letting it be known to people that they were not going to go to the um, the event and they were going to make a stand against this, they should have the gumption and the courage of their convictions to come out and publicly say why. Because if it, if it genuinely is... A, a well-held conviction, um, a, a truly held conviction, then what have they got to worry about with regards to that? Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, if if they feel this way, people will agree with them. There's plenty of people that do agree with them. Just come out and say it. Don't hide behind faceless comments made to journalists probably. Off the record. Yeah, it's just, it's just a it's, the whole thing has been handled terribly. And so it's a... I really feel sorry for Julie Fleet and all of this as well I mean she's been nominated for it deserves her nomination has been a huge player for Scottish women's football uh, here and down in England Uh, I think she scored something like 116 goals for Scotland something like that something crazy Uh, she deserves her nomination and has been completely overshadowed by this argument it's just
0: it's just, the, the whole thing has just been an absolute joke from start to finish uh, absolutely um in terms of your memories of Gaza, I know we've already established on this podcast that you're thirteen, so that you I mean you basically don't didn't know who he was until this week, so guys, we've been making Mark watch a lot of YouTube to get him up to speed with who Gaza was, and now that he knows any fun moments or any uh, great moments that jump that jump immediately into your mind about Paul Gascoigne at his very best for Rangers and I think...
1: The obvious one is obviously his hat trick, in the against Aberdeen in the eight in a row season. Yeah, uh, it was just it's incredible to watch the videos we been going about Twitter every day for the last two weeks, and every time it comes up, you just have to watch it because it's just so good. Uh,
0: Both goals, the, obviously. The, the third one was apparently yeah. the first. The first goal yeah. is a tremendous goal, and the second goal is absolutely, almost unbelievable. Especially when it comes. A high-pressured moment. I think it was in the 78th or ninth minute of the game. Rangers are drawing. They need to win. And here's a guy that picks up the ball in his own half and runs the length of the pitch. Now, Aberdeen, let's not, let's not be around the push. It was appalling defending. Yeah, um, but it's still... It's, but it's, it's, it's one of those moments that you just... You, uh, you remember... One, if you watch that when you were growing up, you you remember it like it was yesterday, no yeah, matter it, what age you are. Yeah, it's just, it's just incredible to watch. The videos are fantastic to see him just...
1: He's just so good. I mean, he's a player that nowadays there's no chance that a team like Rangers
0: could afford him. And there's no one like him. Because no, because what what he did was he isolated players with pace and power and and skill dribbling by running through the middle of the pitch. Yeah, those players are white players now. Yeah, yeah, there's no chance he would be a centre midfielder in the current day. There there is no one in world football at the moment that even reminds me of Gascoigne. No, he just took the ball and could was capable of, of taking three players on. And opening up space. He was also an incredible passer. He yeah. could find an eye of the needle pass, he could dictate play from deep. He was really was the complete midfielder. His talent was outrageous. Yeah, it's he, just incredible to
1: watch. Like I said, his videos are brilliant. It's just clearly a really, I know he's had his issues with his wife and stuff, and people will say that. I can't say this but he's clearly a really nice guy and stuff as well off the pitch, mm. we see how he dealt with Reno So when he first joined
0: he's a complicated character yeah
1: exactly he is I mean you would never defend what happened with in his personal life but there was a lot of good about him as well there is a lot of good about him as well sorry it's just the whole th- this whole situation is just really it's annoyed me in the sense of how it's been handled but he's just so good to watch and anyone that's not seen him should just go on YouTube watch him just You could spend hours sitting watching his highlights For for Rangers, for England, for Lazio
0: For any other team that he played for It seems churlish to pick this moment uh, Amongst all the moments of sheer genius by Gascoigne But one of my favourite Gascoigne moments Was when Rangers against Hibs, funnily enough That won't surprise you <laughs> I think it was Hibs anyway, I'm pretty sure <laughs> That's why you were there um, Where um, the referee, I can't remember his name Dropped a yellow card in Gaza very pleased with himself, picks up the yellow card, shows the ref the yellow card and, and hands the card back to him. And uh, the referee puts on what can only be described as a sewer puss <laughs> and uh, gives him a sort of very dirty look and then shows Gaza the yellow card for for showing yeah. him the yellow card. I, mean, I know people say that Scottish football has got a bit better and in everything
1: in the last few years, but that doesn't sum it up as the fact that they've never been able to have a laugh at ourselves. Then nothing will I mean it's just Ridiculous It's having a bit of fun Shows the referee Yellow card It's a brilliant
0: Funny video Just Referee just overreacted as usual Yeah you can hear The whole stadium laugh When exactly. he does it But that was truly bizarre Can you imagine If Twitter <laughs> Had been around then I mean It would have literally Just exploded wouldn't it Your yeah. phone would just Melt in your pocket exactly. like, What was
1: that I wouldn't even just Be in Scotland they would be all over the world With it It's just uh, that's, a, that's a brilliant thing it kind of sums him up So, can do you hear stories from like say Ali McCoy Durant all the rest of them telling stories about him I and mean, he's just just completely bonkers with stuff,
0: some of the stuff yeah absolutely right okay that's all from us we'll be back next midweek with more news analysis of all things Rangers if you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate you can you can tweet me at Johnny R McFarlane and Mark at McDougal 1994 I'm going to remember that next week I've got Scotty's memorised down part but yours I'm still a wee bit away from that Um, like a Goldfish Here it is, it's my name and my year of birth Right, okay, right (laughs) Remember that, yeah, yeah 1994, right, okay, yeah God, you're young, God, you're young (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available and if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too Until next time, thanks for listening